Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. We're looking through Psalm 119 as it relates to some of the powerful images that we read in Genesis 1 through 3. Imagine yourself in the Garden of Eden and you have a chance to eat from the tree of life and you see the fruit and you take the fruit and you eat it. What do you think the fruit would have tasted like? Would it have been something sweet? Would it have been something that you've never tasted before? What would it have tasted like? What would it feel like? afterward to eat from the tree of life? Would it make your body feel a certain way? When we look at the descriptions, they're very cryptic, but when we look at the descriptions of the tree of life in Genesis 2 and Genesis 3, it tells us that its fruit was the ultimate superfood, the life-giving nutrient of forever. It had a forever nutrient in it. After Adam and Eve rejected the commandment of God, God banished them from Eden. And it's interesting because it says one of the when God is speaking, one big reason that God banished Adam and Eve from Eden was so that they could not eat from the tree of life and live forever in their state of brokenness and dysfunction and rebellion. It was a mercy killing of sorts so that God could bring death and resurrection through the offspring of promise he promised in Genesis 3.15 that would crush the head of Satan and evil, and it would be at the cost of his own life. So Genesis 3.22 says that the man must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. He would live forever in his state of dysfunction. So Genesis 3.24 says, After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden carabim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So here's this tree of life that has this property of forever. Now, I think it's poetic, but it, it, it was something. There's something that God was keeping the Adam and Eve from, the man and the woman from, so that they would not be able to live forever in their sin. This tree of life now is being guarded by the powerful angels and a flaming sword. This is all imagery flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Now we see the tree of life promises again in the last book of the Bible. So Jesus says in Revelation 2.7, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So let them hear the word of God to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So there's this tree of life coming back again in the kingdom of God. The promise of God, when Christ comes back to earth, will bring the promise, the presence of the tree of life again. When we hear what the Spirit says to us, but the Spirit says to the churches through his word. Chapter 22, verse 2, On this, there's this river that comes from the throne of God, and it says, on each side of the river stood the tree of life. Now, this is kind of an impossible image, but it's an image where on both sides of the river is the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, 
and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And so there's this image of this tree and its leaves, its fruit is bringing healing to all the nations on earth, bringing 12 crops of fruit. This is the 12 tribes of Israel idea. This is the true people of God. We're all descendants of Israel if we are in Christ. And so this tree of life is for this new humanity resurrected in the kingdom of God. Verse 14, blessed are those who wash their robes. Before it said, dip their robes, wash them in the blood of Christ, who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. So here's this picture now, not of a garden, but of a city. But there is a river that comes from the throne of God. There is the tree of life that bears fruit for healing. And there's this sense like in Psalm 36, they feast on the abundance of your house and drink from the river of your delights. This is all imagination. You've got to use your imagination if you want to more fully live into the promises and the beauty of God's word. This is imagination more than information. I can't really explain a lot of this except to say, if you imagine this, you are closer to the reality of the power of God's promise and the truth of God's kingdom. What Jesus is trying to say is the great reward that comes from believing his word, believing his promises. And then verse 19 says, and if in Revelation 22, verse 19, and if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. In other words, it's talking about this scroll that we call Revelation, but it's also applicable to the entire word of God. If we reject the word of God, God rejects us from having any share in the tree of life and in this holy city, this new Jerusalem, all the promises that are imagined by this river that flows from the throne of God, this tree of life, and this abundance that we saw in Genesis 22 that God caused to grow out of the ground, all kinds of trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food, and this tree of life that brings eternal life. God's word is the most tangible thing we have in this life, this side of the kingdom of heaven, that's the kind of a tree of life that we have. Imagine eating from the tree of life as you read and meditate on God's word. So going back to Psalm 119 to see this, verse Psalm 119, verse 89, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. There's this foreverness to the word of God. God is the one who inhabits eternity, and his word has this forever life-giving power to it. It has the power of giving forever to those who eat, those who take in the breath of God's word. It's like a tree of life that allows us to live forever. Verse 111, your testimonies are my heritage forever for they are the joy of my heart. God's word is my inheritance, my heritage forever. It's bringing me into his abundance forever, his forever abundance. What is it? It's God's word that is my heritage 
forever. And therefore, it's the joy of my heart. Verse 142, your righteousness is righteous forever, and your law is true. Your word is true. So God's righteousness, God's rightness, his character, his rightness, his love, his beauty, his glory, his holiness is forever, and his word is true. It's the bringing us into this true foreverness. Because his word is true, it is the path to bringing us into this forever experience of God's glory. Verse 144, your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live, that I may live by understanding God's testimonies, God's words, because they are forever. They are the tree of life that allows me to eat and live forever. Therefore, give me understanding of your word that I may live forever. Verse 152, long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. God's word is forever. God has founded his word forever. Verse 160, the sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Your righteous word endures forever. And so it's the joy of my heart. It's the delight of my tongue. It's the breath of God. It's like eating from the tree of life. It brings me into the abundance of God's heritage. Listen to what Proverbs says in Proverbs 3, speaking of the wisdom of God's word. Now, the Hebrew word for wisdom uh, you know how Spanish has a male, female gender, words are, are gendered, Hebrew words are gendered as well. And so the Hebrew word for wisdom is in the feminine gender, which is why it's the word for she. But I, I think it also is going with it in the sense that there's an image here it wants us to have. So Proverbs three thirteen, blessed are those who find wisdom. Now this is God's word. Those who gain understanding. Remember that we saw in one nineteen, Psalm one nineteen, the understanding that comes from God's words that are forever. Who gain understanding. So again, Proverbs three, thirteen. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she, wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. This is like our last podcast episode where we talked about God's word being a treasure far greater than silver and gold, if we really understood the profit we get from it, the reward that comes when we bring it into our lives, we would laugh at its comparison to the greatest wealth of this earth. Verse 15, wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. So true riches and honors that are forever. Verse 17, her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. So Proverbs 3 is saying that the word of God, the wisdom of God in his word is like a tree of life. And when we take hold of God's word, we will bring the blessing of God into our lives, the abundance of God's forever provision of abundance into our lives. It's like a tree of life. So imagine eating from the tree of life. And that's what happens when we feed our soul from God's promises, the promises of his word. We meditate on his word is like eating slowly from the fruit of the tree of life. The image and revelation of the tree of life 
that's leaves are bringing healing to the nations is like the leaves of scripture that's bringing healing to our lives. It's the closest thing we have to the tree of life. God's word, God's commandments, God's promises are eternal. They are forever because they are entwined into the very fabric of the universe. So that's why this verse says forever Yahweh, forever O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. God's word is at the very fabric of all creation. It's at the very fabric of this universe. We live inside God's universe and his word is forever because it's fixed in the very fabric of the universe. We can't live in rejection of God's word and function in God's universe. Anytime we are going away from God's word, we are going to experience dysfunction because God's word is the, the very fabric of this universe and we live inside God's universe. And so God's foreverness of his word at the very fabric of creation is what allows us to eat from the tree of life, to experience life, God's abundant life in his universe, his forever universe. So repeated throughout all of Genesis 1 is that phrase, God said, or God called, or God commanded. God is creating by his word. Just like we looked at in Genesis 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And there is that pattern all the way through Genesis 1 where God is creating. God said, God called, God commanded, and God is creating by his word. And that's a picture for us to imagine the creative power of God's word, the recreating power, the restorative power, the resurrection power of God's word. So Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth, by the breath of God's mouth, the breath of his spirit, God created the universe. By the word of the Lord, he created the universe. So when Psalm 119, 89 says, forever, O Lord, forever, Yahweh, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. God is the I am who's the source of all existence and he's the giver of all life and he inhabits eternity and his word is forever. His word is firmly fixed in creation itself, the universe itself. God's word is a tree of life to those who take hold of it. Jesus said, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. And so we pray, God, your word is the tree of life that brings your life-giving breath into my life, brings your firm foundation of forever into my life. I eat from your fruit of your word, and I'm eating from the tree of life, and I'm bringing forever into my life, the forever of your abundant kingdom, the forever of the abundance of your house and the river of your delights the forever of your spirit that creates in me life, that gives me life forever. Just like the tree of life, 
that I would eat and live forever. I eat from the word of God and I live forever. It is like honey to my tongue. It is more valuable than all the gold in the universe because your word is life itself, abundance itself, abundance of the I am who's the source of all existence and the giver of all life and the one who inhabits eternity and the one who is infinitely focused on me without being any less focused anywhere else infinitely present with me right now without being any less present anywhere else. I worship you. Your word is forever. I listen to your word. I read your word. The breath of your Holy Spirit coming into my life and speaking life. I eat from the fruit of your tree of life and it brings your life into my life. Your word, O Lord, is forever. Your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Your righteousness is righteous forever, for your word is true. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous words endures forever. Every word, Jesus said in Matthew 5.18, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will disappear, will fade away until all of your word is accomplished. Your word is forever. And I give thanks to you that you have given me your word. You have spoken to me. I can now pick up my Bible and I can read the words that your Holy Spirit has spoken, your words that give life, your words that breathe the life of your spirit into me, that hover over my darkness and say, let there be light and there is light. You are not silent. You speak to me. And I give thanks to you that ultimately the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us and died and broke through the other side of death and rose from the dead so that I could be brought into your word, to your promises, to your righteous word and your abundance forever, feeding and feeding off the abundance of your tree of life forever and the river of your delights forever. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.